Democracy is now in session. <laughs> now, nah, what's up, everybody? TJ Martino here with a new series. Or today, T. James Bond. Oops, wrong side. T. James Bond down there, as you can see. And uh, very happy to be here with good friend and special guest, the first guest on Film Democracy, Alec Holker. How you doing, brother? From we, good. We're going to need another blog. That was your podcast for a while. I yeah, listened to yeah. it. Big fan. I appreciate it, TJ. Yeah, thanks, everybody, and good evening. Um, like TJ said, yeah, I had a little podcast of my own, and uh, I've been following TJ, so uh, following you in the show for a while. So I'm ready to hop on here, talk about – what movie are we talking about, TJ? What movie? We are talking about uh, a movie that I was pretty interested in seeing uh, when it came out because of how good the predecessors had been, uh, and that is uh, – James Bond 007 Spectre, which is the most recent of the James Bond films. Uh, Not for long. Yeah. Not for long. Not for wrong. But the most, I figured we should do, I put this one on the list just because I wanted to throw four films in there to start. How I want to do it in the future is like, I want to have just like, I'm going to drop like a, like a tweet or like a post or whatever on every platform and just have everybody recommend movies. And then whichever ones gets the most likes or like votes or whatever, then you know, those will be the uh, those will be the ones that uh, you know get the the uh, the credit by the you people know, for that will end up being voted on. Exactly, that's what. I don't know that, that was so about. hard to get out. That's why democracy exactly. is important in this day and age. In twenty twenty one, democracy rules all. That's facts, dude. I know. I'm very excited though to talk about this film. Uh, in particular, though, because uh, I, you know, when this came out, I was pretty excited for it just because, you know, the previous films, that being Spectre and it was Skyfall Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. Sco- Skyfall. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Skyfall. My my screen is completely black right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right. Oh, wait, no, we're back. I'm sorry. Yeah, we got a little technical difficulty, so I'm a little out of it right now. Because I'm trying to fix this and I'm trying to talk to you at the same time. Am I is my camera good? Yeah, you're good now. Okay, we're good. A little bit. Sorry, folks. The stream is a little weird right now. I don't even think anybody's watching yet, which is fine. That's that's how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> for now. But uh, you know, I'm gonna have this up for later so people can see it and whatnot. But um, anyway, back to what we were saying, but this film. With Spectre, uh, I was really excited for it when it came out because I really loved Skyfall and Casino Royale. Like what they did with reinventing James Bond in those films was pretty interesting. Just because uh, you know we had never seen a really serious, gritty take on Bond. You know, a lot of people talk about this when they talk about these movies. Uh, so many Bonds, and too. it's confusing, right? There is. There's a lot of Bonds, and they, you know, it's like they, they. It's crazy how they like switch them all out. You know, it's just like they wait a few years and then it's just like another one. Well, and that's the thing. So I was going to ask you. I mean, we could talk about it too, but kind of coming off the last Bond movie that we ever saw was, I'm trying to find 2002 with Pierce Brosnan. Now, I'm a fan of Pierce Brosnan, James Bond. My favorite is Sean Connery, of course. R.I.P. the legend, but. So we didn't get another Bond movie. Casino Royale didn't come out till 2006. And 
Daniel Craig yeah. just came out. He came out guns a blazing. He can you, can you hear me? He kills it. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. You're a little frozen. Should I keep talking, TJ? I was going on a roll there. Don't stop me now. I'm having such a good time. I'm still up. Well, like I said, everybody, Pierce Brosnan. I don't know if anybody else here is listening, a fan of Pierce Brosnan. I thought they were good. You know, they were always on TNT or AMC. Uh, but back to the main guy, Daniel Craig, you know, he was actually kind of going back. He was kind of, uh, he wasn't in too many films before. Casino Royale. I mean, Daniel Craig starting off at Casino Royale. I remember I, that was actually, I watched that movie on a Netflix tape. That's right. So, I mean, before, dude, he did really nothing before. The Casino Royale. Nothing, really nothing too recognizable. Oh, he wasn't the Defiance. No, it was 2008. He came out guns blazing. TJ, you're leaving me. You're leaving me in the dust. Like 009. The Casino Royale. Oh, what a great movie. And Sam Mendes actually took over. Hey, yo. I'm back. You hear me? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> okay, I'm just using my laptop camera because I think my my the problem is my kit my laptop's getting overwhelmed. overwhelmed because I was running my GoPro on it. I think that's just like I have an old laptop and I'm trying to get a new one, but I'm waiting until the new 16 inch MacBook comes out. So I'm like in between a rock and a hard nice. place because I wanna like, I wanna get a new computer now because this one's just completely shot. But like. At the same time, like yeah, I bet. No, I need to get a new one too. I'm I'm using I my roommate. I, told you. I should be good now. But anyway, all right, James Bond. You were talking about we were talking about Spectre. Let's talk about just the other Bond movies leading up to this. That's what we'll yeah. Start so I, that's what I was kind of talking about. The for I was talking to myself a little bit. <laughs> okay, but the Pierce Brosnan movies were good enough, but not great. But going off a four year dry spell of Bond movies with right. Daniel Craig, and he comes in hot. And Casino Royale, all time, probably one of my favorite Bond movies too. Yeah. And Sam Mendes actually he he took over. I didn't know Sam Mendes. He did not do Casino Royale, but he ended up doing Skyfall, Spectre, and I think there was a second one too. Yeah. So he did these two movies, and you kind of see, yeah, yeah, he did those two. But you know, Daniel Craig, he's gonna go down in the history books as one of the best Bonds for sure. Whoever comes next, though, they got a lot of. Uh, I got a lot of shoes to fill. Big yeah, shoes to fill. I, yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. I've watched so uh, I watched Doctor No. That's the only Connery Bond movie I've seen. Oh, uh, those are yeah, Dr. that's really old. Doctor No. I liked that. Uh, I liked that one. It was like you know, it felt just like a '60s movie, really. Like it is, it, it, yeah. Because it, like, it wasn't really like, but you could see where the other movies that followed kind of picked up on the tropes, like, and you even see Inspector, like 
one of the things I noticed about it when I saw it was how it kind of tried to harken back to a lot of like the campiness of like the original Bond movies. The you cars, know I mean? all the all the tools, right. the gadgets, of course. Right. But yeah, and I remember like the, the cheesy moments, like you know, like the, the little like looks of it at each other and stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah, I that think that's why that's why everyone before. likes Daniel Craig is uh, so good at just giving the little the jabs, the looks. Right. He's he squints at you, and you're like, oh wow, yep, I'm gonna do what you say. I'm gonna do what you say. But yeah, 2015, TJ. I remember I saw this in theaters. Did I you, saw it in theaters too. Yeah, I think you saw it at the same movie theater. I think we did. Probably. Probably. Yes. Oh wait, yeah, we probably ran into each other because I remember we ran each other a lot at the theaters. No, definitely. Um, but, but this great movie. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> talking about the Brosnan ones going into this, like you were saying, like those ones were very campy. Like I, I've seen Goldeneye. Like that one's probably like the most like. They're cheesy. They're grounded. Fun. <laughs> it's the most grounded out of those, but like they just go off the rails after a while. <laughs> They're so um, cheesy, but you gotta you know, love Pierce. But, you gotta right. love Pierce. He is. He is a good Bond, but like Craig <laughs> just brought that certain level of grittiness to it with Casino Royale, and uh, you know Martin Campbell did Goldeneye, and then he came back and did Casino Royale, and those two movies are like similar in some ways, just because they're Bond movies, but like also like Casino Royale is much grittier and harder edged, which I liked because like. We had never gotten that from a James Bond movie before, you know? Like No, not, not you know, nothing like this. Like the series was spiraling out of control prior to the to the Daniel Craig. And a lot of people were criticizing Craig at the time because he was blonde haired. And they never really? had a blonde headed Bond before. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought they would criticize him for, you know, the acts of world terrorism that he just causes wherever he goes. Like in Casino Royale, the first scene, he just blows up, you know, either that embassy or whatever that that uh, offices and then, you know, opening scene of Spectre, he's flying a helicopter in the middle of Mexico City. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how, only two people died? No, there had to be at least many casualties. Both of these incidents, 007, you're gone. You're next. The double O program, it's over. Just because yeah. of Daniel Craig. So, I mean, going into this film, though, like, well, actually, after Casino Royale, let's, uh, let's go break it down and then we'll go into this film which like, one yeah which one was the quantum of solace which is the one everybody even forgets exists yeah <laughs> it is the most forgettable bond movie i've seen it before uh i've only seen it once i the only thing i liked about it was that it wasn't that long you know it was only yeah. an hour and a half so like it was pretty easy to watch but like as compared to like other bond movies but like and, and kind of one of my complaints with Spectre, like we'll get in what we'll get into, but like, you know, this film, uh, Quantum of Soul is just the story. Everything about it just was so bland and forgettable. I couldn't even believe it was a Bond movie. Like, I don't think I've ever seen it, honestly. <laughs> you're not missing much. And it doesn't really do anything for the overall story. I mean, Spectre kind of actually is a little bit of connected tissue to that. But uh, then we go into Skyfall, which is the first Sam Mendes uh, film. Which was great. Which was fantastic. I, I loved it. I saw it in theaters. It's got the Javier Bardem. Yeah, that opening, just not the opening that. sequence alone, that film just punches and it has that beautiful, sleek look to it. Uh, yeah, it it's was a great also film. Adele's, Adele's song. Adele right. made a big hit. Adele, Adele <laughs> I think that's why. Once they started getting pop culture music in, that's when everything took off. Yeah, a little bit. Because I, I, I even like, uh, and we'll talk about the song for this film as well, but Skyfall, it's a fantastic film. And I loved. Um, Javier Bardem was a great villain in that film. Um, I loved like the complexities within uh, uh, 
MI6 and all that. Um, well, DJ, you see who was, you know, was uh, the director of cinematography. Is it Roger Deakins, right? It's Roger Deakins, the yeah. Mr., the one and only. Yeah, that's right. He, he so does, you can't yeah. look away he from it. He does Spectre too, right? He does. Yeah. He definitely gets Spectre, yeah, because that's one thing you can't say about You can say about it is that it's a very pretty movie, Spectre. Um, Every, but, I mean, uh, honestly, and that's like kind of, you know, you got Daniel Craig. He's a good looking guy. You know, I'll say it. Yeah. He's looking good in those suits. But the villains, I think that's why, I mean, in the Casino Royale, there was really no, you know, like hard set villain. I, not that, I mean, there was that one guy, it was uh, Mads Mikkelsen. He was yeah. in it, but. And he was, he was he hard was, in that movie too. Yeah. I, I like him that. He was definitely the villain though. Lashif, like they set him up on the opening scene. Like, and that's kind of the problem I have with this movie is that it just takes a while to even know like what's even happening like where, where it's all leading to like it just uh you it, the first like 40 minutes of it it just kind of like lagged but we might as well get into it we might as well get into specter at this point um, yeah i'm all for it yeah uh down below i'm gonna have uh on the ticker i'll put some there it uh, is there i got from imdb and i'll, I'll send them down as we talk about the film but, uh, let's let's break down the movie just from you know, start to finish and just talk about, you know, what we feel about it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, like it's, World Act of Terrorism number 15 for, yeah. you know, James so Bond the film, over here. The film, the film opens with Jimmy Bond. Uh, well, it has like that <laughs> long tracking shot of like uh, them going through Mexico City. And, day of the uh, Dead. Yeah, Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos. And uh, they're looking uh, for a guy. Um, do we know who kind of they uh, I I know that's like he's like a he's like a terrorist that they're looking for not a terrorist like a like a criminal you know an international criminal that James Bond is sent to kill Uh, so he's in Mexico City kind of like uh, without really I six knowing he's not really under their jurisdiction he's just kind of going on his own accord doing this because well we find out but uh you know, they're looking for so he's looking for a guy named the Pale King who kind of becomes like the you know badass character. It is kind of a badass nickname. It's yeah, a badass but, nickname. It's evil. That's when you know too. Right. The Pale King. Like you know the Pale King's up to no good. No fucking around. You know he's probably pale and probably a king. Well and also, I mean, so you kind of see a glimpse. And of course, I mean it kind of blew it away. Like you really think James Bond he gives himself away. So uh, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it yesterday, TJ. When did you, uh, when did you watch it? I watched it today. I watched it today. Watched it today. Yeah, yeah, so opening scene, he, he blows his cover using his laser pointer. And then, you know, he's spying on these, yes. these villains. Yeah. And they go to Cheers, but James Bond forgot that he has a laser pointer on his rifle, which is also a sick rifle, you know. It was actually hanging in his coat the, the entire time. Uh, it was also about to, you know, get down and dirty with this absolute gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Yeah, but he blows his cover. Sure. He blows his cover with just the laser pointer. And you really think someone like this, you know, in his prime, I mean, maybe he's losing steam. I don't know. I think, I think Bond is definitely past, past his prime at this point. Like, you know, he, oh, he's, he's got to be at least late dirties. Right. He almost died in the last movie. So maybe he's just, you know, slacking, yeah. but he does actually, you know, he makes it up by, you know, basically. You saving. forget what happens. You forget what happens right after that moment when he blows his cover and he starts firing. He starts firing on the guys through the window. And then 
He sets off an explosion that blows up the building that the guys were in because the, the guys he's looking at were across on the in the other building, but it blows up the whole block. And his building, James Bond's building, collapses, and he falls down through the building and lands on a couch. It's smooth, and he gets up and just like brushes off his his thing. And this is in the theater. I watched that moment, and I was like. Oh my god! I'm like this is this is this movie is throwing the grittiness of Bond out the window. I it's always the, it's the slyness <laughs> of the Bonds. It, yeah, exactly. It's always they always have just they get lucky. They get lucky. They're, yeah, I mean, but they're throwing like the like in this the way he like brushes off his shoulder as like, he walks by. I'm like, oh, this is this feels like 80s 90s Bond. Like they're going back to that again. Like which was oh, what they were trying to escape from yeah. making this new series in the first place. It's just crazy how it's cyclical. Like it started with them trying to make Bond like a harder, grittier version. And he ends up exactly where he was. You know, don't, don't, forget, don't forget. He brushes off. He brushes up, stands up. Oh, he looks left. Oh, there's my guy. Oh shit. There's my guy. Yeah. Right, yeah he him. sees him in the crowd. And then it's funny. <laughs> the whole block explodes and there's no police. They're, they're still having a parade. They're still I mean, having a, a parade on the I street. Wish I was they, <laughs> they literally had a bomb explode on like two houses down, and literally they're they're still having the Day of the Dead parade. I mean, these people are like, yeah, whatever. Talk <laughs> about cares? that did not age well. Parades. Look at this. Twenty twenty one. No, no parade <laughs> in sight. But I mean, no. he you know he goes crazy on that helicopter. I don't know how he does it. I was watching that. I remember right. seeing that in the theater, so, being like, damn. So he spots him. Yeah. So he spots the guy, the guy he's supposed to get this, this dude, uh, and he chases after him. And as soon as they're running through the crowd, they're running through this parade that shouldn't be happening at this point, but it is for, (laughs) you know, aesthetics. Um, you know, they, they're running through and as they're running, a helicopter gets spotted in the air and it comes down and lands like in the middle of the party, in the middle of the parade, a helicopter just lands down and the bad guy gets on there and James Bond follows him. They get on the thing and then they start fighting on the helicopter. While it's spinning and rotating through right. just above a parade. And let's not right. forget to mention probably at least 10,000 people. At Maybe least. Even more. At Maybe least. more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 10,000 plus people all, all watching a helicopter spiral out of control because James Bond is fighting the guy he's chasing one other dude and the pilot and he takes them all out takes them one all by out. one takes them all out but that's just then, what he does and then yeah i mean you know it is what it is I, you know i'm fine with that i'm more okay with that than him falling on the couch. only only three people that we saw got hurt who knows how many people got hurt from the building falling down at the explosion anything like that but right all in a day's work for bond all the days where Bond he drives off and you get this awesome shot of uh, him flying the <laughs> helicopter through the city. Yeah, he definitely he definitely plugged in his Oxford and when he was riding out uh, from Mexico yeah. City, he probably didn't yeah. want to leave. I mean, let's not remember that penthouse suite that he had, and not to mention and, I, the, and, I and the broad too, yeah, and the broad. So I don't blame him, but yeah, yeah. Then, I mean, he kind of screwed himself over. It was kind of cheesy to you know he you know him not even being ordered to be in Mexico City. But he's just going to do it because, I mean, he's following his own leads that he got probably from the prior movie, right? I feel like these are they're kind yes, of uh, Yeah, you, it, it gets explained in this next scene. Yeah. Um, so he gets chewed out. He gets chewed, he out. gets chewed out. Yeah, he gets chewed out by the new M. Yeah. Um, you know, who's played by Ray Fiennes, great actor. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a good dude. 
Yeah, he he's the new M because uh, yeah, Judy Dench's M gets killed and or dies or whatever in the last movie. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he gets scolded, and then we get introduced to C, who is pretty much the most obvious villain like ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember watching this. As the guy that's put on screen, you know he's gonna be bad. You he's know, bad. Guy. Yeah, he's a bad guy. I remember it popped in. I'm like, yeah, that guy sucks. I'm like, that yeah. guy's bad. Yeah. And then I, I feel like they try to make you think like he's on their side. And like Ray finds his character. M is just like blindly like listening to this guy, even though he's literally telling him like, I have all of the intelligence in the entire world. I know everything. I have surveillance over everything. Like, and yet he's still like trusting this guy throughout most of the movie. It's just like what they were doing with M and, and Q in this movie was kind of strange to me. Um, oh, he's a good Q though. I, I, I do enjoy I like, the Q. I like the castings. I just think what the writing of what, and what they did with these characters was just yeah, a little cheesy. strange to me. But I mean, anything of, of the best part about going to the bond headquarters and like these kind of middle parts that they do have of these bond movies is the gadget sequences. And that's why I do like this Q Cause he's always like the gadgets he's whipping out are 10 times, maybe even a hundred times better than what Pierce Brosnan, Sean Connery, yeah. what those guys were getting. Yeah, they They're have like, to live oh, it's a watch. <laughs> or like, hey, can I, where's the car? Oh, it's for 009. And, and 007's like, are you kidding me? 009 got it again? Fuck. So, I would always want to, you never meet a 009 either. Like, they always drop, yeah. they always drop the mentions. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Well, our, I, I think we're meeting. I think they're having a new double O agent take over for James Bond and the new one. I, I saw like one of the trailers. I didn't see the whole trailer. I just maybe we'll throw that on or something. I don't know. We'll talk about. It. I don't know. There isn't much to talk about with the new one yet. It's not out yet. Oh, but. I'm. We got an IMDb pack. Oh, look at that go. Look at that go. We got a what? The oh, IMDb yeah. pack. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, the first one. Uh, yeah, following the success of this movie, Mexico City held its first Day of the Dead parade. With Lord's dancers and giant marionettes in 2016, this movie just started a tradition. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they have. If, I wonder if they included the spiraling helicopters. Oh yeah, no, that's part. Of, that's just one of the rides. <laughs> what if they just include that too? <laughs> Dude, I didn't know though. You know, we actually it doesn't take too long before we see our good friend Dave Batista. I was I was so happy he was in this too. He was yes. terrifying, terrifying guy, dude. He's got the thumbnails that have daggers in them. So sick. Uh, um. So then Bond leaves the meeting though with uh he leaves the meeting with M after he meets C and you pretty much know C is going to be working with the bad guys. But anyway, uh he goes and he meets Money Penny and she pretty much like helps Bond like move the plot along basically. <laughs> you know, like, and that's the oh, problem yeah. I have with like they introduce a lot of characters just to have them move the story. Like they're not really like a part of the story. It feels like outside of bond. I actually you know? almost, I almost actually put on the subtitles cause I was like, am I missing something? Like, do they like, keep mumbling? <laughs> it's probably the English accents. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I have a few English, you know, English friends, but I mean, these like you really, and it's like a lot of, like TJ said, you know, you meet a lot of people and they come in and then they're gone. And before you know it, James Bond, there he goes fighting people again. You're like, wait a minute, where are we? Like yeah, exactly. It's, just, it's like oh, James Bond's in Austria now. They're like all right, what's yeah, a lot of locations here? and a lot of new characters that just kind of get shuffled in and out, and it's like, just hard to like kind of latch on to anybody outside of Bond. The guy, Bond the guy really the, isn't that interesting in this movie. Yeah, the guy in the basement, like who? Like I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, who, 
And there's a camera in this guy's living room. What is this guy doing? Who's watching? Yeah, this guy? we'll talk about him. We'll talk about him. But anyway, he meets with Buddy Penny, and she basically like gives him some information about uh, uh, that. Pretty much goes nowhere. Um, <laughs> she gives him like the information from Skyfall, I guess, from the last movie, and then like he basically tells her that he was sent to Mexico City to kill uh, that. Um, his name's Skiara. Is the guy's name? Uh, the they guy were, yeah. was cha- he was chasing down in Mexico. His name was Skiara. He was basically told to chase him down by the old M before she died. And, like, he plays, like, the video, remember, for her. For oh, yeah. Money Penny. He plays it for her so that she kind of understands what's going on. Uh, and so, like, she helps him and basically he tells him. I feel him, like he goes to Rome. Yeah, he basically goes Yeah, to she Rome sends right him to Rome to find the Pale King. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes there, and that's when he meets the super hot Roman chick. <laughs> he, pull, he pulls a he's card. Like he pulls, he's literally yeah. like grieving over her husband's grave, and like Bond like, just like yeah. slides over and like automatically seduces her. I, I'm gonna miss no, that in the new Bond. He was uh, he he took a line straight out of Wedding Crashers from Will Ferrell. <laughs> Going to funerals to pick up chicks. Yeah, nice one, James Bond. They're really good on your track record. Yeah, but I mean, you know, of course kind of a slide well, move he does but he, he also he has him. ulterior motives he has ulterior motives he's there for information yeah. really like and that's I'm the thing kidding. like bond uses his sexuality to get information out of people like it's kind of a it's a it, thing it that works. they're gonna ha- that they're going to be writing around in the new movie for sure because oh, yeah. the, the new movie will be the first one post me too so they've already had like a bunch of rewrites and stuff where they've that they're gonna go back and you know fix the script i guess and a lot of these bond girls probably will not show up in the uh in the new the new James Bond movie. I'll, I'll make a, maybe, I'll make a prediction maybe, there. <laughs> maybe maybe Bond will be a female. Who knows? I think yeah, I think that's what they're pushing from what I saw from the trailer. Um, Who knows? Lashana Lynch is her name. I think she's going to become the new Bond. Mm. So right. yeah, that's what it is. But uh, at back to this movie, he goes there to find the uh, the Pale King, and he basically, you know, he goes with he meets this girl. Basically gets her to like go back. He follows her back to her crib, basically like, and then as soon as she gets back there, there's like two dudes there that are looking to assassinate her. Oh yeah. And so like they pull guns on her, and, uh, and Bond she knows, kills she knows she's about to get whacked too. Like, yeah, kind of like knows, a weird thing yeah. you notice. You're like, man, she totally knows she's about to get waxed. Yeah, but she knows she's in trouble. James Bond stalks her home. Right, he stalks her home, and they and uh, he saves her life, and she's just not really grateful about it you know like <laughs> hey she is grieving you can't blame her yeah i you know i don't i don't blame her and uh but at the same time i don't blame her for you know falling for bond i mean uh, that's you know one of <laughs> I, many. Told, I said it earlier he's a good looking dude he is and he's got all the skills and the gadgets man like it's hard it's hard to hard hard to say no to bond but i forgot to mention bond gets before he goes to mexico he gets like this shot of like nanobots into his bloodstream yeah so they can track him yeah which is like part of like the tack from q yeah but and actually i mean you they use it a couple times but they really just it just kind of comes into play for it's just it's just yeah it's just a proceed to track everybody it's a plot device yeah just to build tension between bond and mi and q uh but yeah it doesn't really lead to anything and i thought it would you know, I thought like having that in your blood, you know, they could blood bend you or something, you know, like in uh, yeah. Avatar. Like they, they shock him or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or shock his whole butt to him. Could you imagine shocking your veins? 
would not be good. But, but, uh, but he does crash another party. I mean, he crashes the funeral, but thanks to, you know, this grieving mistress that Bond finds himself, she gives away that they have uh, the, the group Spectre. Yeah, the signs, the crime syndicate, yeah. Well, we don't has, find out it's called Spectre yet, but yeah, we find uh, out yeah. about the crime syndicate and, and uh, that her... And, and because he, that's right. Bond gets the ring from Mexico and that's how he's able to track to her because that was, I guess, some, her some husband's relation. ring or something. Or no, she knew what the ring was and that's how she yeah. identified the ring. Right. Uh, but anyway, then they, uh, you know, they get the, the C's tracking them and all that and ends up flushing Bond out of there. And, uh, then they send Mr. Hanks after him, who is played by Dave Batista. Mr. Hanks. And they have like that crazy they that they have the car chase through Rome, but it's like midway through the car chase, there's just an exposition dump from <laughs> Money Penny and Bond. And it's just like it just cuts right in the middle of the of the of the chase scene and just sucks all the tension out. And Bond's just like driving, like with with Dave Batista following him in a, in a Lamborghini. He's driving in the Aston Martin, like Money talking on, on the phone. Yeah. Money Penny's like <laughs> Money Penny's like rolling over next to some guy she's sleeping with, like, hey, uh, you want me to look up some stuff? And like he's like driving away and just like, yeah, you, if you can get over to your computer, that'd be great. Like, you know, like yeah, Bond's pissed. Bond, Bond's pissed. Money Penny's sleeping. It was with just weird because they were like, I felt like they were watching this and like they were like, okay, we need like to kind of explain what's going on here, but like we have an action scene, so I guess we'll just stick it, it right can't too, here. It can't be too much action. <laughs> so I guess I mean, we'll of course they, right had, they had they had a car with flames. Coming it. I think they they definitely have enough action yeah. for what it is. But yeah, she yeah. you know. Bond was doing. He was. I mean, he was crashing the party. He's. Well, he was crashing Chris, Christoph Waltz's party, and you can't do that. You can never do that. That's da- how dare he. Right. I'm sorry. That's how. That's how he. Um. He goes to Christoph. Wal- I'm. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but he gets. Uh. He goes to Christoph Waltz's party, and that's how Mr. Hanks chases him. Yeah. Because Mr. Because Christoph Waltz. Because Mr. Hanks literally slams that guy's head on the table, <clears throat> and then like snaps his neck, and then like. It looks like Christoph Waltz is going to say something to him, but he actually says something to Bond, and he's like, "Which is so sick." It's actually, which that's actually a, a really awesome moment. Yeah, I think that moment's in the trailer too. Uh, no, which, yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's like dark and yeah. eerie. You can't even see Christoph Waltz's face, and he's talking. Yeah, and he's it's now, a cool he's, scene. Oh yeah, and then of course, I mean, I like it's weird too. Yeah, no, they're. Uh, I always thought it was. I noted it. All of uh, Christoph Waltz's henchmen, they have great. You know, they're all synced up. When everybody turns, it's all the same. If yeah. everybody stand, if everybody stands up, everybody stands up at the same time. So yeah, I'm like, man, these people. Are that crazy. is kind of yeah. They're all in sync, man. They they probably practice that for. I got it down. No, no. He only <laughs> wants perfection. If he's the, if he's the main villain, they only want perfection. But yeah, uh, yeah. so he, yeah, he uses he uses the ring to fight to get into the into Christoph Waltz's meeting. Yeah, just gives the hand. Yeah, use that ring. He uses the ring to get into the meeting. That's how he gets in there in the first place. But then Christoph Waltz recognizes him because, well, we'll get into it. But, you know, then he gets chased. They uh, they get on out of there. And then, uh, let's see. I'm just following this on IMDb so I can just know where I'm at. But, uh, 
Yeah, he calls but Money Penny. Yeah, here he's calling Money Penny, and she uh, she figures out that the the Pale King ends up being the guy in the basement. Is that who she, was? she? Yeah, because she figures out who he is, yeah. and uh, you know he had had. Yeah, and uh, she she uh, figures out where he's at, and uh, that he had been presumed dead or whatever, but then he's not, and I guess like. Bond like tracks him down later on in the movie, uh, which we'll see. But uh, then they go to they go to Tokyo. Ooh, that's right. C C is there uh, trying to get the uh, the Nine Eyes program, which is like his uh, surveillance program, uh, expanded. And that's when they're like trying to get the South Africans are like, no, we don't want it. And then like he basically like schedules that false flag in the in South Africa. See, yeah, he's a sly, he's a sly little guy. You know, yeah. he knows what he he, he knows how right. to pull. He knows how to push people's buttons. He does, yeah. He knows how to push an agenda. But uh, he then uh, reads a headline on the car chase. Blah blah. blah. Um, okay, then we get then we just go to Money Penny tells Bond where where Mister White is, so that Bond finds him, and that's where we get the shot of Bond walking through the snow. Uh, to, to the to the big cabin, uh, which is a really cool aesthetic from the trailer, and that's the thing. All the best moments in this movie were in the trailer. More than likely, I mean, that's why I went to see the movie. I was like, "Yeah, this trailer yeah. looks pretty sick." Turned out it was everything from <laughs> the trailer. That's how you know it's a uh, the movie's not that great when it's standing on that. But that's why I've been reluctant to watch any trailers in general, especially this new one for the new Bond movie. I haven't really watched much. Of the Good trailer. point. I watched like half of one of them because it was on like a YouTube ad, but like. You know, I'm not really. I haven't seeked out any trailers really at all. That's uh, a good idea. Yeah. No, I'd love just because you know why. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, at least kind of you want that feeling of somewhat being surprised. So I like the thing I do like for trailers is like I do like them for blockbusters. I guess just because you can kind of get a feel for what the movie's gonna look like. That's like the only reason. But yeah. I don't know. But uh, anyway, Bond goes to this uh, cabin in the middle of you know. Austria, I think. Austria, yeah. And During the winter, meets, at least. He meets Mr. White, and Mr. White's, like, pretty much dying. He's, like, sitting in that basement around all those screens, like, in the chair, just, like, shivering, about to die. Uh, you know, and apparently Mr. White was, like, a hit man. He knew Bond, I guess. You know, they had some history or whatever. Um, but Mr. White was dying, and uh, he tells James Bond that, you know, Bond basically wants, like, information out of him. And in exchange, he'll offer protection for uh, Mr. For White's daughter. daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mr. White pretty much goes for it because yeah, he's, so. <laughs> he's got nothing yeah. else to live for. Yeah, he's, he's got nothing else. Uh, he's living in his grandmother's old Austrian cabin, and he's living in the basement. Yeah. Mr. White, yeah, he's, he's on his last leg, so... Compared up, to where his daughter is living at the top yeah. of the mountain, which I did they say what she did? I was always trying to figure out like what office is at the top of a mountain. Yeah, I, I'll look in this in the IMDb synopsis when we get up to it and see because I was kind of confused on that too. It was good, but I mean, great windows. We will get, yeah, it is a cool looking building, and a lot of the sets and visuals in this film are great. It's just the story was my biggest issue with it, um, which we'll get to. But uh, 
you know, uh, he, you know, he goes there, Bond talks to him, makes this deal where he's like, I'll protect your daughter or whatever. And he gets the information. And then, uh, he, Mr. White shoots himself in the head, uh, and dies. Uh, and he, uh, he, he, um, he tells his, he tells Bond that his daughter is at the Hoffler Clinic. Uh, okay, so is like a hospital or something, I guess. They were definitely but, registering uh, him in for something. I don't know. And they were like yeah. doing the questionnaire, but James Bond was just fucking around. Like he didn't really care. Nah. Yeah, because he was just trying to get. He was just flirting with her to try and get her, her interest more. And, and he of course, Mr. Hinks. Yeah. Mr. Hinks was also stocking Bond. That's how, and then that's yeah. why the daughter gets kidnapped. Actually, right? Like, really, it doesn't take too long before the daughter is in grave danger. And if Bond's not yeah. there, she's toast. Like, she's gone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And no, it was, and Bond gets captured too. But that's later on in the film. Uh, but Bond, okay. So then, in London, uh, C gives Emma tour of the new intelligence building. MSC, if he's ever had to kill another human. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember the scene. Then um, recording of Bond and Money Penny's phone call. So they, yeah, C shows them Bond shows M uh, Money Penny and uh, Bond's phone call, and he show it pretty much shows the audience that he's spying on Bond like completely, which comes into play later in the film. Uh, but I mean, they yeah. were just tracking everybody. I mean, we're all being tracked right now, right, TJ? Yeah, technically, yeah, but not not at the level that Bond is. Because no. we we aren't. Spies, I promise. Maybe, maybe. But I <laughs> He's doing, yeah, nah, you're doing it <laughs> for the for the people who are streaming. TJ's doing hand hand sign language translating. Yeah, I just want to. It's almost like I want to make sure my video's still working. I'm bugging. You're still clear. Oh, you're still good. Yeah, I think it's. I think we're good now. But uh, I think I just had to not use my extra equipment. My computer just. Can't handle that, but when I get when I get the new 16-inch MacBook, we'll be good. So, bear with me, people. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Bond confesses he's an assassin. Or wait, no, that's later on. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. He goes and meets her. She's a doctor. Yeah, a psychiatric and fitness doctor. Uh, and Bond goes there to get an evaluation. Out. He goes there to get an evaluation, but really, he's going there to get information from her. Yeah, uh, he pretty much tells her she's an he's an assassin, which right away she knows he knew my he knows my father, and he tells her that she that he's dead. Uh, and then Hinks Hinks comes and gets her. You're right. Yeah, and then yeah. of course you know, again, as lucky as Mister Bond can be, he's just flying a plane through the trees. Of yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect yeah. landing too. He, I mean, he does, he's pretty smooth. I didn't know they were that aerodynamic, the 007 agents, but you know they get the job done. Right? Yeah. I mean, he and that's kind of like the thing with like these movies, though. Like, is that with Bond? Like, he's always in different like vehicles throughout the whole film. Like, he goes from the boat. He's in a lot of different shit. I mean, the car. The car goes underwater. The helicopter. Plane. Plane. Which also the plane scene was in the trailer. Thinking about it, it was definitely in the trailer. Train as well. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of vehicles in this one. Um, but, but he saves her. He saves her for now. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, or is this one they get captured? No, they get out. I think they get away. They, uh, 
Bond goes and saves her, and then uh, he he goes him, her and Q go into that dark room, and they're talking about uh, you know the organization. That's when she reveals that it's Spectre. Oh yeah, and you get that. Oh, that's the title of the movie moment. You know <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, that happens. Um, then uh, Q lets everybody know that uh, Blowmall or uh, what's his name, uh, Blowfeld is alive. Blowfeld, the dude with the uh, Christoph Waltz. Oh yeah. He, he, he tells everybody that he's alive and that he's, uh, you know, in charge of Spectre. Uh, and then the terrorist attack happens in Cape Town, like I mentioned, because South Africa would not go along with the, uh, with the surveillance. So they, uh, there was a, a false flag terrorist attack there. Um, right. And uh, Bond, uh, basically, uh, they, go, they go to Morocco. <laughs> They, oh, they go to right, Morocco. Yeah, to the middle of Morocco. Because they go, they're going to look for a lot El American or whatever <laughs> in Morocco. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of different places and things. You know, that's kind of how some of these movies can get a little complicated. Wasn't this after that train fight scene between? No, uh, this is that comes later. That comes later. Comes that's later. like towards the yeah, like towards the end of the second act. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Bond goes to Morocco looking for information about Mr. White and his association with Spectre. Uh, you know, they're going through all the stuff. And then this is where Bond, like, sees the mouse go across the floor because he, like, watches over. He's protecting uh, uh, Swan, the girl. Yeah. He's protecting her. Um, and so he's, like, chilling on the couch sleeping. Um uh, and he sees the mouse run across the floor and run into the wall, and that's what makes him think, uh-oh, there's something behind that wall. That wall must be hollow. Oh, that's and right. Then he sees the picture frame hanging from the wall, and then ultimately that's what causes him to plunge through the wallpaper. And on the other side, you see, like, all of, you know, Mr. White's stuff, I guess. And that's where he tries to get some information. Uh, yeah, he finds the secret room. Uh, he locates uh, a phone, and uh, yeah, um, then cut to M. M is uh, M still having beef with the C. Yeah, guy. yeah, he's having trouble with C and the Nine Eyes because uh, yeah, the South Africa has uh, after the false flag terrorist attack uh, agreed to the new terms. Uh, and they will be surveilled, um, and Which, then they put a time limit. They they add the time limit seventy two hours until. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have a good bond movie like without a time more, limit. You, exactly, but you really, I mean, do you think countries would be that willing to just give up all their data under one, right? Under one thing, right? Like, give it's up already, all of your national security. Give up all of your national security for literally. Extortion, I'd rather go to war. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, it already sounds fishing. Of course, you know, we, like we said before, the guy who's leading it, you know, initiative, he's, he's a slimy bastard. Yeah, he is. 
see, you know he's up to no good. You knew he's up to no good from the start. And that's why it's just like, kind of like, I wish they would add a little more moral ambiguity to his character because I yeah, feel like he could have been kind of compelling. <laughs> I mean, the second he comes on screen, you know he's not going to be working for the good guys. You just know yeah. from the demeanor, the dialogue, everything. I mean, they did make it a secret. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, C is elected head of the committee uh, and uh, by Homeland Security. Uh, Bond and Swan take the train. Ooh. Swan is the daughter of Mr. White, by the way. Just right, so everybody yeah. knows that. Um, <laughs> very pretty uh, actress. I forget her name. Um, and she's lovely. Um, I can't pronounce it. It's definitely Eastern she, European. It's European. Yes. Well, well, we'll we'll mention it at some point. I just you know whatever tabs. Uh, the synopsis yeah, the tabs. Scene. Takes part I mean, they're they're taking a beautiful train ride through right. Austria. Yeah. Um, they both get dressed up, of course. You know, you know, Bond. He's always got a spare white. He's tuxedo. got that white tuxedo. Yeah, looking fly as hell. Of course, she is also came prepared. She's got a dress too. So. Yes, you know, they definitely were. They definitely were looking to maybe have a nice dinner on that train ride. Yeah, but you know, get got interrupted by good old Mister Dave Batista just coming in, yeah. clocking head, yeah. body clocking, body clocking, Daniel Craig. And Almost I would say this death. is the this is the strongest fight scene in the movie. And honestly, out of this movie compared to any of the other Daniel Craig Bond movies, this is probably the least. This is probably the weakest action sequences <laughs> yeah. out of the bunch, even compared to Quantum of Solace. Like, the, uh, the, the opening sequence, the Mexico City sequence itself, like, for an opening scene compared to, like you said, Casino Royale and Skyfall having such amazing opening sequences, this yeah. one just pales in comparison. And, uh, you know, um, uh, even, but I would say that this action sequence from inside of the train is definitely the best of the film. Oh, it's the best choreographed in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's really not too many, not not too many fights in this movie, which is kind of. I yeah. mean, there's more shooting, which is kind of more Daniel Craig style. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I mean, I remember yesterday. I was like, "Damn, this movie's long." It's two, it is a very long minutes. film. It's two hours and thirty minutes. Like, this is a long ass Bond movie. It is, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's a long bomb film, which is I agree. I don't know how much rewatchability but, I really have for this, but hey, I've seen it. This is my second time seeing it, so here I am. But, <laughs> uh, anyway, Hanks comes in. He's tossing hands with Bond. He literally throws Bond against the table and then straight up slaps uh, Swan right in the face. Oh, right in and, the face. <laughs> um, you really think uh, Bond, Mr. Hanks is going to take the cake too? But you know, luckily, actually. Swan and I like that. I like how they yeah. I like how they keep going through all the different train cars though. You know, like they're running through the kitchen and like all the different stuff. Like they're just kind of going from room to room. It's kind of at a cool least, idea. Like at it. least three train cars, or right? Maybe even four. Right until you get to the one with the big opening, where like you said, uh, Swan shows up with the gun, and uh, then also she uh, the basically. I yeah, mean, but like yeah, she's, but she's then uh, but then um, but then he gets her. And he's about to get her, and then Bond comes up with a rope and chokes him with the rope. And then um, as the train's going, he kicks out one of the barrels because all the barrels were attached to that same rope. Oh, and as yeah, each barrel goes out of the train, you know, Mr. Hanks soon realizes he's attached to that rope. Yeah. And uh, he says Which- his first line and only line of the film, <laughs> shit. 
and then yeah, flies right. out the window <laughs> and dies. Uh, definitely Which the best I, death in the film. Yeah. Which I thought he, I was hoping to see him later, but he, he dies. He dies. Nah, he goes, yeah. He dies pretty, pretty finally. But um, yeah, he, uh, I like, I like the idea of the character. I just wish he had something to him. Like, you know, and I wish there was a little bit, I, I wish they could have even created like a relationship between him and Christoph Waltz, like kind of had a connective tissue there. In between, because like that, this movie just doesn't really know who it wants to be the villain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, you know, he, you we see him. He, you know, smashes that guy's eyes and snaps his neck. And then yeah. he's the first. He's the first one to get in the car and start chasing Bond back in the room. <laughs> so maybe he just took. Maybe he just you know wanted to show everybody up at the table. You know that big round table that they had in Rome. He just wanted to show him up. He said, "You know what? I just you know snap this guy's neck. I'm gonna snap this other guy's neck. I'm gonna." S- just yeah. snap next <laughs> until I next am at snapping. the top of the table. Yeah, he just he just doesn't care. He'll just snap your neck, which yeah, <laughs> it's a good motto. Good motto. Just snap the neck. That's all you gotta do. If, uh, snap the neck, walk away. Exactly. I mean, and he could do it with ease too. I mean, it, it didn't seem like he had it. It, it, seemed, it didn't seem like it was his first rodeo. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Hanks goes up to her. He flies out the window, dies. Um, then they uh, they leave the train, and uh, they're picked up in the Rolls Royce. Oof, uh, beautiful, beautiful cars. And uh, Bond goes to um, they go to uh, Oberhauser's house, who is Blofeld, who is um, Christoph Waltz. They go to his house, and uh, you know he basically they meet you meet him in this big like tech room that looks like a newsroom or like the New York Stock Exchange. You know, like, you know what I'm talking about when he gives like the whole bone crushing like exposition dump? Yeah. It's like you know where he's like I've been controlling your whole life Bond. Like you know like that. They're, like It happens in the blandest looking room ever. It's like this big dramatic moment and you're just like watching all these people like on their computers like effing around. It does look like Bloomberg. It looks, it, it looks like Bloomberg. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks like a newsroom. Everybody you know, has their own know. desk and everything. I saw that right. some guy had his some guy had his uh, family picture next to you know like his. I'm like this is the most sinister. Guns. I'm like this is the most sinister like base on the in the world. <laughs> they definitely only got one star for uh, you know workplace workplace uh, attractiveness, office space, negative one star at Spectre. Yeah. But like you, you. I mean, the first confrontation with Bond is him just being like, "I've been all of the bad things that happened in all those other movies." Even though, I did, even though those movies didn't really set it up and didn't really, you know, hint at it or foreshadow at it, I was controlling all of that. <laughs> that's so essentially can. what the, That's essentially what the scene does. And I was oh, just like, did, uh, "Did we mention okay. it was? It was it? Did we mention? Oh yeah, it was in the trailer too." <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was in the trailer too. I'm sure it was. But like, I'm like, okay, so you 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 controlled everything in every other movie, and they never bothered to set that up or hint at it or even bring you up in conversation until right now. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I mean, mean maybe he was brought of... up in conversation, but I don't recall. Yeah, no, and I always feel like too the the Bond villains they do evidently just invite James Bond to their lair to kind of, I guess, explain their plan. Yeah. And then hoping yeah. to kill Bond. 
But of course, <laughs> just so we Bond don't actually have to see it happen. Right, but uh, you know, you know, Bond, he 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 always escapes, and I mean, you actually see a very painful torture scene. I think is there. Always, does Daniel Craig always get tortured in all these movies? Uh, he definitely does in a couple. In Casino Royale, he gets a brutal one. I remember. Yeah, his nuts get absolutely. Yeah, tortured. yeah, he gets rocked. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, he plays, but uh, we'll get to that part in a second. But he gets to the, um, he shows the, he just says, "I've been controlling your life the whole time," and then he he shows the video of Mr. White shooting himself in the head to, to like mess with Swan, but like she just like looks at Bond, and I guess she's mad at Bond for some reason. I don't know. I don't really understand that whole moment, but whatever. Uh, Bond then gets rocked in the head and wakes up, and now we get to the torture sequence, which. Was really painful to watch. I mean, not as painful. This one was as, really uncomfortable. Yeah, not as painful as the first one of him just getting his nuts smashed by no. Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, but still, it was saying how like the tiny little drill that you know Christoph Waltz was putting putting through it looked like the part basically like the jawline. You know, it would you know knock out his you know sense of balance, uh, his normal cognitive abilities. Uh, and of course, you know Daniel, actor, actor of the year. He was, you know, he was giving, he was going all out. Uh, so you could, you could feel the entire pain while he was getting basically drilled into. So yeah, don't rec- don't recommend going to this Bond villain, uh, you know, hideout. <laughs> yeah, this would be a bad one to crash. Yeah, I don't like. I mean, I'd, I'd, I think I'd be able to. I definitely would not be able to take, you know, my nut smash. But you know, the lasers. I would always like that one. I'd go to that one, like just chilling. Just gotta wait for a laser to come. That's not that painful. Yeah, those little mini drills, though, man. That's that's oh. a really like, like that's a kind of a really brilliant like idea for the villain torture thing. I just wish there was actually like some information exchanged in it or something, or like some sort of character struggle. It just you know seemed like they were torturing him for the sake of torturing him instead of trying to get information or something. Right. Like, that. like I feel like you know those torture sequences don't really work unless there's a purpose for them. You know. Unless, well, they just want to watch Bond feel pain. And of yeah, course, Lady, I mean, you, Lady they Swan, want to feel Lady bad for Swan, Bond, but Lady Swan, she's just sitting there through it, you know, for the most part. Yeah. She, doesn't really, she doesn't even try anything till like basically ten minutes after he's been tortured. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's yeah, because then eventually she uh, gives him that watch that I guess is a bomb. <laughs> That's right. And, from uh, from Q, the alarm is very yeah. loud. Yep, Q gives him that, and uh, yeah, they're able to get out out of there. Uh, and while doing it, damage Blofeld's face pretty bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, but really uh, bad. Bond then goes and gets M and Q, Money Penny, Tanner, and uh, informs them that C uh, Spectre Association and the danger of the Nine Eyes will drive C's intelligence center. Uh, they yeah, get locked just, and loaded pretty fast. It goes basically from that facility back to London to shut down that you know software. Yeah, I guess two days have jumped by. Like they said, seventy-two hours, but it felt still like just yeah. They go back to the old MI6 building, right? And then they go, and then uh, you know, pretty C cool. finds this out. Pretty cool. Yeah, C finds out that M, you know, eluded capture. Uh. Swan, she actually got she got captured though. Yeah, Q uh, attempts to shut it down. Emma uh, intends to arrest C, 
C uh, insists that his method will stamp out. Oh yeah, because like basically he's saying that this mass surveillance operation will, you know, end terrorism or whatever. I don't know. They, I wish they kind of gave a little bit more. I don't know substantiation to that. Um, but yeah, no, you really whatever. you really see M M steps up to the plate right here. I mean, he really yes. you know kind of the whole movie he's kind of a dick especially to bond right and he's kind of stupid too i mean he's he blindfolded living scene the whole movie he's stupid um, and a dick a little bit too naive i think to believe in some of these scenes but right um, i mean you can't follow up you know what was the other woman's name nancy oh, you can't follow up uh, uh, judy judy, judy Dench. Dench. yeah you can't follow up judy Dench. the guy knew he nah. was you know he was done for but you know but basically c pulls the gun out and uh, he realizes that M uh, moved, removed the bullets in it. Oh, so slick. Yeah. Always a good um, move. And then uh, Bond goes into the MI6 building. He's looking for uh, for Blofeld. And you get those cool little dark shadow shots where Deacons can kind of have some fun with the camera. Um, and I, like I said, the sets and locations for this film are great. And the production design is fantastic. And some of the choreography is good. I wish it was better. Um, but yeah, get some fun shots there. And then, uh, Bond's like kind of going through there and he, he sees Blofeld and fires at him, but, oh, bulletproof <laughs> glass in the way. <laughs> Which is slick as always for Christoph Waltz. Yeah. One step ahead. That's a, that's a slick move. That's a slick move. No doubt. They kind of have a little showdown. Of course you see Christoph Waltz's face is just absolutely. Yeah. It's severely damaged. Yeah. You probably can't even see out of that one eye. So, Probably not. No. But, of course, I mean, he set up a bunch of, you know, only way to go out is with a bunch of C4. Right. He tra- It ends up being a trap, and yeah. Bond is stuck in there. And you're like, oh, no, how's James Bond going to go out? And Blofeld's like, I can go out right here. I don't have to worry about it. You're <laughs> trapped down here. Um, and Swan and, Lady, uh, she's tied up, too. So he's got to find her underneath the time. The thing I thought was kind of interesting, though, is that Bond, like, as he's going in there – through those shots, you see like all the pictures of the people that like died. Like, uh, what's her name uh, from Casino Royale? The, the, the best, the best Bond girl ever, in my opinion. Um, oh, her name. what was her name? Best Bond Eva girl, Eva Green. Yeah, Eva Green. Yeah. Vesper. Yeah, she Vesper. Was Vesper was the best. Right. She's always oh. my favorite. Um, yeah, that. you see her. You see, you know, M. All the other characters that you know died. R.I.P. Um, and, uh, you know, but then he shoots the glass and Blofeld pretty much gives him the ultimatums. Like, look, I'm dipping, but this place is going to blow up in like three <laughs> minutes or whatever. So you better go save the girl. Um, you're on the clock. <laughs> and Bond then like runs into the room, runs across like the whole deal and finds her, a fine swan. She's like, uh, you know, strapped up to this thing or whatever. They get her out. And then uh, they go on the boat, and the building explodes. And then uh, Q ends up shutting down C's program, and uh, C dies. C C, uh, C tries to wrestle for the gun, and then uh, does not M work. Shoots, M shoots the ceiling, and C falls through, which is kind of a cool little shot. Um, yeah, no, of I mean, him falling he, to his death. Yeah, and you know, you didn't really like the character. Granted, they, he was pretty hollow, so whatever. Um, <laughs> then Bond and Swan 
they go for Blofeld. Uh, Bond like shoots the helicopter and it crashes. Blofeld's hurt and then Bond like is about to execute him and then he doesn't and lets him get arrested. And then he oh, leaves yeah. with Swan. And that's the end of the film. Uh, well, actually, not really, because then he goes down and talks to Q. And then, well, he's got you know he's got a, the tiniest pistol, but it's got the longest range to shoot down a helicopter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just absurd. I mean, it, uh, there is the scene where I forgot to mention the scene where he's in the plane. You know, and he's chasing after Mister Hanks. Yeah, there's a moment when he he dips the plane down. And he like looks at Mr. Hanks through the window and gives this really corny smile. And that was another moment in the film that I was like, this is just really going for campiness more than like actual storytelling. And like, that's kind of as now we wrap up the film and kind of give our thoughts on it. Like it's kind of my thing on this is like, I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of upset that they're abandoning the harder grittiness that was, you know, the first three bonds. I mean, even though I didn't like, Quantum of Souls that much, at least it had like a consistent tone to it. Like this film just is all over the place. Like it doesn't really know what it wants to be. It doesn't know if it wants to be campy bond. It doesn't know if it wants to be hard edge bond. And it doesn't know if it wants to be sleek and pretty bond either. Like I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's kind of more like a love story. Honestly, you see him, you know, he's basically schmoozing money penny. He's schmoozing swan. And then he's schmoozing all these women after they're, you know, people died, you know, the woman in Rome, so I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's definitely not in, you know, how many fight scenes were there? There was one that we can recall. That, I mean, the one in the beginning in the helicopter, that was pretty sick. But, I mean, who was he fighting? He was fighting some old yeah. guy from uh, from Rome. Nothing too right. crazy about that fight. I mean, he just <laughs> happened to be in a, a helicopter that was upside down. So not, definitely- no, I mean, yeah, one good action sequence. That's really it that I can think of. And this finale, to me, the ending was really ending, anticlimactic compared yeah. to the previous films. Especially Skyfall, um, and even Casino Royale, like that movie found a way to have tension, like and without even having action sequences. I mean, with the scene with Bonds, like Hart is literally like stopping because he took that oh. drug or whatever, yeah. and he's like in they the car trying him. to yeah, they poison him, like stuff like that. Like there's just the story to this is just Bond going from place to place and talking to different people, you know, and like there just doesn't seem to be any consistency here. There doesn't seem to be any sort of vision with this movie. And that's why I'm kind of having my reservations about the new film. It's like, where are they going to take this at this point? Like, yeah. Uh, and uh, there's gotta be some point where you're just like, let's just take this IP and save it for another day. Because I mean, honestly, like nobody's really clamoring for another bond movie. Like no. when I, when no. I found out they weren't going to make a new one, like when Craig said he was out after this movie, I was like, you know what? I'm fine with that. Honestly. Cause like, <laughs> I'm just, I don't need another Bond movie right now. Like, give it some time and then bring somebody new in. Like, you know, they get, I just hate how they immediately, as soon as one thing is over, just jump into another reboot, like, right off the bat. And it's just like, give these properties some time, like, to sit. And that's what, you know, it's, it's hitting the Star Wars syndrome where it's like, too much, too fast. Just need to slow it down and just really think about stories. Think about the story you're trying to tell instead of just, you know, getting the next one out there. But, I mean, it's easy for me to say, but these are big companies that are trying to make money. So, I mean, it, it, you know, I understand that. But at the same time, it's well, like you're never going to get what? critical. We're about to be four, four Bond films. So, I mean, look at it. Like, you know, I was looking at the Pierce Brosnan. He had like seven films. 
Yeah. Uh, Connery probably he had upwards to five. So it's definitely nearing that time of uh time of end for Daniel Craig. Yeah. Craig as Bond. Who do you think who do you want to be the next Bond, TJ? I think like I said, I think they should take time off, but they're not going to. Um Lashana Lynch is probably gonna end up being the next Bond. But yeah. or like, you know, their their female version of Bond. You know, yeah. whatever. But um I personally like just think they should just end this series after this film like I, you know for now Damn. and then come back to it like 15 years down the road because like they're only going to make less and less money as you continue to make these movies over and over and over again and tell the same stories over and over and over again it's like and then you know just interchanging actors and interchanging directors is not you know it's just not good enough and like it, there's not enough creativity i think with in hollywood like why can't we make spy movies that aren't James Bond and aren't Jason Bourne? Like whatever happened to just making a spy movie about characters that you just create? Like I, yeah, it's just, I noticed you why are we going, the gentleman going back to the wow? Top, you mentioned the gentleman on one of your top 10 movies. Exactly. 2020. My point. Exactly. Movie. My point. Underrated a, movie. A gangster flick that is incredibly original and does storytelling in a, in a super unique way. Like, this movie is so by the numbers, and if it wasn't for the cinematography and the actors involved and the director, this film wouldn't be worth a darn. This script is garbage, in my opinion, <laughs> without without the, the filmmakers involved. That's yeah. my opinion. Like without no, yeah. without this is lipstick on a pig, in my opinion. Like this movie would have sucked if it if it wouldn't have had the the filmmakers. Deacons or Mendez, oh, Deacons yeah. and Mendez and Craig, and the cast was all good. I mean, the acting was all good. It's just. And I don't think the script was garbage, okay? I think I'm being a little harsh. It's not garbage, but it's just not interesting. There's nothing – I like some of the, the politics here being at play, especially with MI6 and the surveillance thing, but I just wish there was some more fleshing out here, especially with C as a villain. Make me actually understand why C is trying to do this outside of we're going to end terrorism. How is this going to end terrorism? Is it uh, the increase in surveillance on people that's going to – Lower terrorism, I, you know, I think that's actually the opposite effect. But uh, you know I what? Mean, like, what is the point what? of this? Yeah, you know why they're uh, maybe going down this rabbit hole. I mentioned it earlier. They're uh, they were doing they were going off pop culture songs. You know, they had Adele in Skyfall. Specter uh, <laughs> Specter is Sam Smith. You know who? Sam Smith. Lead, you know who is the singer? The song they got for No Time to Die. Billy Eilish, yeah. Billy fucking Eilish. <laughs> yeah, I actually like the Billy Eilish song. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's been out for a while because, I mean, the new Bond movie, No Time to Die, has been pushed back like four times. They had to redo the CGI on it because it was already starting to look dated from 2019. So, they, mm-hmm. they, yeah, and they've had to do a bunch of rewrites on it. I just have a feeling that, that this movie, No Time to Die, is going to be bad. I have a feeling it's going to be really bad. <laughs> well. I have way That's more optimism opinion. than you, TJ. <laughs> and that's just because I didn't think this one was that, was that good. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. October 2020. 2021. I will, I will definitely see it. No doubt about it. But it just doesn't look very appealing to me. I mean, Craig, his heart is not in it at this point. Like, you know, he didn't really if, – if it wasn't for them bribing him into doing this, he wouldn't have done it. Like, Yeah. He already had said after Spectre that he was like, you know, I'm, I'm over this. I want to do Knives Out and all the other stuff, which, you know, great. But, you know, I'm happy that they're they're doing it at least for one more. I mean, why not? Yeah. They might but, well. uh, how, what, else we, what else we got on here, Teach? As far as? What would, 
what else would you like to talk about? Well, let's I'm talk about hungry, the Oscars dude. last night. I'm let's get, talk about the I'm Oscars. Hungry? Oh, <laughs> dude! Oh, you want to go? No, I was disappointed in the Oscars. I'll give you. T- I got ten more minutes. Okay, we'll, we'll do ten more minutes. But I was disappointed in the Oscars. I'll say yeah. that. It was I nice. didn't watch I, it. I, I did. I did. No, I. Oh, you didn't watch it? No, I did not watch it. No. It was actually, it was probably one of the best Oscars I've seen in the past five years. Really? Yeah, really smooth. They, you know, I, I mean, it was probably the fastest Oscars, too. I think that might have been it. But, you know, I was kind of disappointed. Chadwick Boseman did not win Best Actor, but. Dude, but I, I saw all of the movies. So okay, so I saw all Anthony, of the best yeah. picture nominees. I saw yeah. all the films. I just didn't watch the ceremony last night. Just didn't really care to, honestly. Yeah. But um Anthony Hopkins, uh, I bet he killed it. Was his was that oh, movie great? Yeah. That was my number one movie. I, I need to watch loved that movie. It. it was so yeah. good. It was so good. And it was like yeah, it was it was very realistic and I loved the way it was shot and directed and all that. So yeah, it's a great film, but yeah, uh, were you surprised with Nomad Win winning it all? Or no, I was not. Did you see that movie? I did. I didn't think it was best picture worthy, but you know, it's Hollywood. So you know, Chloe Zhao, yeah. she was gonna win no matter what. She I was think, great. Like, she did yeah, a great job with that film. I mean, I, it I, was no, it was beautiful. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, what kind of threw me off though was Mank won for best cinematography. I like, I thought yeah. No Bad Land was a lock for that. So when Mank won, I was like, oh shit, No Bad Land's not going to win. Yeah. But it still did. But I was happy to see, you know, our guy, Daniel Kaluuya, he gave a great speech. He absolutely killed his speech. Tej, if you didn't see that, you should check that out. Yeah, I didn't uh, watch the speech. I didn't watch any of the speeches yet. Uh, I'll go check. <laughs> I literally did not watch any of it. I just if, looked if at the results one speech, and I was like, oh, one, I was right about most of them. Yeah, if there was one speech, watch his. But actually, I went 16, 16 for 23 last night. Not, I ended up going for all of them, but uh, you know, only got 16 right. So we did all right. Did okay, yeah. you'd say. Yeah, but I've, I saw every single, all of the Best Picture nominees, and I mean – out of all of them, uh, my favorites would probably be The Father, uh, Nomadland, Minari, and probably Judas and the Black Messiah. I, I really liked that one. I just watched that one the other day. Judas was Judas. sick. Yeah, I thought uh, it was pretty good. I really wanted to see. Yeah, no, it was nice. It's a good take on the. Uh, yeah, good take was, on the I, liked, I liked it. With, I liked how it was. Uh, it, it did. It did have a lot of a lot more objectivity than a lot of movies like it that are made today and that's what i liked about it that it kind of i really i was rooting for sound of metal but oh i loved that film i thought that was so good i thought that was so good that's another one actually forgot about that i loved the sound of metal too i was happy to see you know riz got his nomination and so did so did where was he uh yeah paul racy both guys. Yeah. I mean, it got it got you know it got the looks. It did. Sound the one that I need to see that you're championing a lot is another round. That's the one I have not seen yet, and I'm sure that would probably make my top ten uh, it list if I saw it. Mike I just that was the one that I missed. My yeah, That's the one that I missed. But I'll yeah, I was check happy. That out. I was, uh, you know, I'll take it. You know. Yeah, I, I thought start- I. I think when I predicted, I said maybe Mank or Nomadland. But yeah. I mean, Nomadland ended up being the obvious answer as I started to kind of like look into what people were thinking. Uh, yeah, it turned it out really Nomadland no contest. Was- well, and like that's kind of the thing. Like I didn't want it to win because like if I knew it won, then I'd be like, everybody saw this 
six months ago or like whenever, like January, like, Oh, no mad land's going to win. Yeah. Like that's what they said about 1917, but then Parasite came in for the sweep. Right. That's I why. predicted 1917. I screwed up. I should have, because exactly. Parasite was pretty obvious, like look in hindsight. Yeah. Um, because it was a great film, and you know they want to champion a lot of the international films. So yeah, it was it was definitely a no brainer looking back on it. But yeah, this year was good. I, I I just think that the thing was with this year was the interest was very low. I mean, nobody really saw Tough any year of these for movies, films. Man. Tough year. Just nobody movies. really saw Born any of these films. out for movies. Born out for them. Yeah, nobody saw any <laughs> of the films this year, man. It was. Uh, and most of them were depressing. I mean, like, I, I think that they should add some more lighthearted movies, at least a Bring couple back of the them. Comedies. To the... Bring back the heavy comedies. I mean, not necessarily comedies, just, like, movies that aren't going to make me, like, go curl in a ball and cry, like, after I watch oh, them. Like, that's movies. pretty much, like, I will, out of all the Best Picture nominees, I think the only one that I left with, like, a smile on my face from, like, not being depressed was Minari. That was like the only inspiring yeah. film I think out of the Maybe bunch. sound of metal, but still, even after that, no, that like, one was depressing so- too, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm <laughs> glad I'm feeling my, I can hear. Yeah. Well, yeah, TJ, but, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. It thanks great. so much, Hulker. We'll do this again for sure. I definitely want to keep doing these. We will have another session soon. Sorry uh, for the technical difficulty. Yeah. No, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> That's my fault. I, you know, I try, I got a little overly ambitious. I try to set up my podcast mic and my, GoPro and my computer. Hey, this old, this old guy right here. Home, right? No, I yeah. love it. I love it. But thanks for coming on, man. We'll do this again, you know, in the next couple of days or weeks or whatever. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, thanks, back. everybody, for watching. And uh, for the next time, court is in session. But until then, court is out of session. <laughs> Peace. See you.